HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. Hey, Souther. How are you, buddy? It's been a while. Dude, I know. It's been a few weeks. What have you been up to? You've been out of town. Uh, you just got back to town. You were in London. This, I was in merry old London town. Foggy old London That's, town. <laughs> I was there for like 46 hours. What were you doing there? I went over You're for... You're 50 best, right? I went over to 50... You know, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show. <clears throat> the little bar that could, Maury Margot, got number 74 on the 50 best list. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait a the math doesn't work. <laughs> Anyway, they do the 51 to 100 to watch. I'm super proud to be on the list. It's, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're seven and a half years old. We've never been on the list before. So to be on the list, it's still, I guess that means we're still trending upward, you know? Like, yeah. I see a lot of my friends who are on the list and have been on the list for years, and they're on it, and then maybe they're off it, or they're on it, and they're sliding towards the, the bottom end, you know? So maybe they're trending down, and I'm trending up as, as I get older. So I guess it's a good problem to have. The, yeah. The bar's like the Getting ben- older is not. The, the, the bar's like the Benjamin Buttons bar. You know, we're going backwards. <laughs> We're getting better as we get older. And it was also London Cocktail Week, huh? Which I didn't really realize until I got there. Um, yeah. There's like a, a different week every week. True. Like, it, literally. Literally, there's a different week there's every not week. Not figuratively. That's true. But, but there's also a different week. cocktail week almost every week, yeah, it seems. It's, and it's Sherry Week now, and, you know, it's like... It's, like, it's incredible. I mean, it's, it's a testament to, you know, the, the, the industry that we're in being stronger and stronger and, and being more and more recognized and, you know... Uh, yeah, pe- people are into it. It's also great for me being a brand ambassador because I don't have to program anything. It yeah. all just happens, and I just show up to right. things, Vibes. and I get I get work done. <laughs> so yeah, it was London Cocktail Week. I did an event uh, the the night that I got off the plane, which was uh, Tuesday last week, um, at a place called the Reverend J W Simpson. It was really cool, uh, subterranean bar. You know, you go downstairs, and their whole vibe is kind of like a. <clears throat> I don't know. It's kind of like drinking in church. 
Their coasters were confessional tabs where you could write your confessions on them. <laughs> and they, they keep them, and then they, they pick the best one of the week, and then that person gets like a couple free drinks or something. I don't know. I thought it was supposed to be, you know, it's confessional. You're not supposed right, to, right, you're right. Not, well, you know. You're not supposed to blow up their, their spot, you know. Well, you know. They keep their most creative ones, I guess. Um, right down there it says, it has been blank hours since my last drink. And I was like, hours? Can I use a fraction? <laughs> Uh, so I did an event there, and then the next night was the 50 Best uh, Party, which was uh, crazy fun. Tons of people there. And then I left from the after party to go back to the airport. Jeez. I was there. I slept for about six hours on a friend's couch. It's crazy. That's it. In and out. Got to come back. Got to go to work. Got off the plane, went back to work in, at Amori Margo and <clears throat> and Windmill, and yeah. time marches on. How is California? California's great, man. It's super chill. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, they the, got pa- this the thing. pace is a little slower. Yeah, they got this thing out there that like all the kids are like going crazy for pot. It's I don't oh, know if wait, I'm what? pronouncing this right way, but mar- mar- oh, it's it? yeah, it's yeah. totally legal. It's super chill. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. Like I haven't really announced it. I'm t- fully out there. I'm, well, I'm. I don't think doing you're the fully anywhere. Yeah, I'm bi-coastal. I still have my apartment here in Brooklyn. I have my house in Marin County. So fancy, man. If you're out there and you want to grab a drink with old Damon, hit me up. I will be not driving. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. How do you get around out there? You got your bike. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I got the motorcycle, but that's the same. It's even worse. Right. You can't drink. I understand, but I'm just saying. No. Yeah. I mean, like, I <clears throat> there, I live in Marin County, so there's a ferry right there, and, like, the ferry's really fun. They have a bar on the ferry, so, I mean, come on. Just ride and the ferry all Then day. you just get into town, and, like, it's, like, 30 minutes from, from my house to the Embarcadero, and then you just kind of, like, pop around town. But honestly, I've just been exploring, like, I more of, like, the, the East Bay and Marin, and on the, I, I've only been there for about over two weeks, and it's been packed full of adventures and camping and stuff like that, so... I'm really most of the work that I've been doing out there has been like admin, you know, in the mornings like on mm-hmm. the computer, which is cool. That's great. It's so weird though, not being, you know, not being on a bar schedule and not having that in my life <clears throat> right now. I'm so, envious. Not, I mean, no, it's it's you, should, you shouldn't be. It's good and, and well, it's also kind not, of not it's just strange. You. We'll get to you in a minute. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's cool. Yeah, California's super chill, man. But then you know, it's like like I'm saying. You know, like it's Sherry Week now. I'm here. I've been here for the last week and a half. I have to go back tomorrow to California, and then immediately to Portland Cocktail Week. You know, it's just I'll like, see you there. I'm yeah. a dean. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> which which track dean are you in? Are you what are you doing? I don't get how does it work. What are you doing? Something with Brooklyn Gin? Vibes, man. Vibes. But I mean, what do you? <laughs> <laughs> we have breakfast every morning that we're sponsoring, mm. and uh, yeah, just weeds legal around. in Portland too. I hear. Yeah. All right, vibes it is. Super, super vibey. Super chill. <laughs> All right, let's well, get into today, it. Yeah, today yeah. is um, today is World Mental Health Day. Yeah. Do you know that? I didn't know that until I was on the train on the way here. Yeah. Saw it on my Twitter feed. So we definitely should talk about some of that today. <laughs> Twitter. I'm a dinosaur. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was reading a few articles about that. You know, I'm pretty open about my struggles with uh, mental health, anxiety, and depression are my two co-pilots at all times. Um, but it's a cool tie-in, sort of, to our guest today is Paul Finn from all the way up here from Austin, Texas. <clears throat> Paul does a lot of work involving 
healthcare in our community, and I'm certain that that overlaps with mental health care. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah welcome to the studio, Paul. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. man. I met get, Paul get a little tighter. Uh, I, I can bring it to you. Uh, I met Paul about uh, well, it was over Fourth of July week. I was down there uh, in Austin, Texas. Willie Nelson's Fourth of July picnic. That's right. I was down there with my brother John Holzinger, our buddy. Beto got on stage and Beto sang with Willie on. Nelson. Yeah. You know, we're doing a Beto event with Koo over at Mother of Pearl on the fifteenth, yeah. one week from yesterday. Heck yeah, man! Let me read. Yeah, and uh, you know John Holzinger from Mictors was yeah. down there with me. It's a great time. We got to go by. I saw him uh, in London. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, we got to go by this awesome bar called Garage in Austin, and it's it's super. Cool. Have you been? It's been Austin. 20 years since I've been to Austin. Okay, so you got to go. It's obviously changed a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, this bar is in a fucking parking garage, man. <laughs> so, like, my favorite thing about it, it was, like, well, outside of, like, meeting Paul and his team, everyone's super awesome. It's a great bar, big kind of round bar. But the, uh, you know, the, the parking, uh, like, the ramp that goes up to the floors, that's, like, the ceiling. You look at the ceiling, and it's, like, a it's, like, like, a swooping curve. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. But yeah, it's a super cool bar, um, and uh, I can't wait to go back. But for now, we brought him up here. We got the guy right here. Yeah. Yep. So you're going to tell us all about Garage, but also in the studio, we got a uh, dear friend in uh, more close proximity, lives here in New York City, William Pineapple, uh, expat of, hell, where are you an expat of? Uh, in New York or world? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, New York, uh, I guess you'd say extra fancy, Mother's Ruin uh, holiday. I've been like my three majors. Yeah. I went to Peggy Club for summer. Um, I've been around though. Yeah, pulled some shifts since. at pulled some shifts at Amori Margo. Oh yeah, I actually forgot. I usually, <laughs> that's where you were digging, right? <laughs> Number seventy four was it? Yeah, uh, yeah, seventy four out of fifty. <clears throat> Just to downplay my own thing. Um, so Paul, talk to us a little bit about what you do down there at Garage. What Garage is all about, and then let's talk really heavily about about what you're doing in, for healthcare in our community. For sure. Um, yeah, so Garage Bar, it's a cocktail also, bar. Have you ever heard the show before? You listen to the show? Uh, I've listened to <laughs> a few episodes. I've listened to a few. Off the air before we got on, Paul admitted to having listened to 200 episodes in the last, how many weeks? Six like, weeks? Since July. Yeah, I, I listened to one. <laughs> so I feel a little uh, incompetent right now. I've got to commute uh, like a 45-minute car ride to and from work. Perfect so timing. That's what I listen to on the way there. So Amazing. We're, we're, we're your co-pilots. Absolutely. Remember what Rob Morton said that, too? He listened to like... Six episodes at a time because he was driving down the Carolinas and back all the yeah. time. <laughs> all right. Anyway, sorry, I, de- I, I, I digress. Talk about talk about talk about yourself. What's up? Yeah. Um, so I've been at Garage. Uh, we're coming up on five years in March. Um, I moved to Austin right before it opened. A friend of a friend of a friend. I was kind of going around trying to check out the bars in Austin, trying to see where I was going to land. I actually moved to Austin like pretty unexpectedly. We had we had just moved to New York. We're renovating a house in Long Island that my sister owned. I was working at the White Hotel as a bartender. And then we got a call that my father-in-law got sick. So we kind of, on the dime, just sort of like, you know, we hadn't unpacked yet <laughs> from our move to New York. And we just packed back up again and, you know, drove to Austin and landed there. Um, did you expect that was going to be temporary or did you know it was going to be, you know, you're there now five years? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's funny. I, we didn't even really think about it. It was right. just kind of like... It was sort of like an urgent reason to move, and uh, obviously, like, we've kind of put in roots there now. We bought a house. Um, I have two children. I have a six-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son. My daughter's in first grade, so, you know, life kind of happens organically, mm-hmm. um, and i Life I, finds a way. <laughs> yes, it does. But I, my first job in Austin was at Garage. It hadn't opened yet. 
Um, I was hired late February. We opened up in mid-March for South By, and it's been a ride ever since. Um, I love it. I started as a bartender there. I'm now the GM, beverage director, and uh, do a little bit of bartending still. You opened Good. during South by Southwest. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's like yeah. opening during cocktail. <laughs> 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 it's going to get kicked in the face. <laughs> it was a tall order for sure. But yeah. we did it. Um, but yeah, Garage is a nice like, kind of hidden bar um, in downtown Austin. It is in a parking garage. The, the great thing about it, though, isn't so much that it's hidden, but like the sequence of you come from the street and you, you're kind of looking around like, where, where the hell is this place, you know? And then you kind of people kind of finally find their way to sort of wind through the parking garage and you go around this sort of like curve and it kind of guides you into the bar and then you open the door and you're in this like mid-century modern, like beautiful dimly lit bar and it's like, what the fuck? It's so <laughs> cool. Shangri-La. Yeah. Ample yeah, parking, I assume. Uh, yeah, it's six floors of parking, yeah. Um, double helical parking garage. Leave your keys. <laughs> you have valet? No. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've been ever since. And um, William Ball, who's owner of Garage, uh, you know, great guy, has a really, uh, hos- uh, hospitality and health and wellness are really important to him. Uh, I was really inspired by that and sort of ran with that. Um, we About two years ago, uh, we offered health care to all full-time employees, so anyone who works 30 hours or more a week. Um, Which is unheard of in our, uh, right. in our business. Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> I'm sure a bunch of listeners just, just leaned in and turned up the, the volume. They're like, we're moving to Austin. <laughs> with, uh, yeah. Listening with, 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 with the exception of, like, hotels and corporate right. bartending jobs. Sure, so sure. They, they have health care. But that's a small percentage of our yeah. overall. Yeah, I've always had health care. And healthcare. we're already only 10% of the workforce. Mm. Right, and in this industry I've been in for so long, like, this is the first time I've ever had health care through my own job. Usually, my wife had the job that had the healthcare, and I was on her plan. Um, so, to be able to have my own healthcare through my job is great. And obviously, management usually gets healthcare, not always, obviously, but if there's going to be healthcare, it's going to be for managers. But we offer it for anyone full time after 60 days. Um, and the team just loves it. Uh, retention is awesome. Um, you know, the, the staff grows with us, they stay with us, they're loyal, they're happy. They're happy. I mean, the hospitality is so important, and that, that was a big part of the reason, too. It's like we're very hospitality-forward as a bar. I mean, I always tell the staff if there's three things that can happen at night, one of them is service, one of them is food and beverage, and the third is hospitality, and you can only choose one to go right, hospitality has to be it. Obviously, you want to make the best cocktails, best food, and, and deliver the best service, but if the hospitality is off, those things don't really matter. Sure, man. Love um, that. Yeah. And it really showed when we were there um, back in July. It was like... Outside of, like, I'm a sucker for design, coming from a design background, like, I just, you know, and, like, of course, I was there with my twin brother, who is a designer for Apple, you know, and we were just, like, kind of looking around the place, (laughs) dude, look at that, look at that, oh, that's so cool, (laughs) yeah, it's it's super cool, but then, also, your staff was so freaking nice, you know, and... Well, I mean, yeah, I imagine, we talk about like we, so much on this show. We also talk about tools a lot, right? You, mm-hmm. As management, as an owner, you got to give your your team the tools. And what what you just said re- resonates to me as a tool. Yeah, you've given them something to relieve a stress that's on their life, right? Yeah. The need for healthcare, and by giving that to them, they're a more relaxed person, which means they can probably deliver that number one goal of yours, hospitality, with much more ease. Absolutely, because like you know, they say, treat others how you treat yourself um, is the golden rule, right? But you have to sort of think inwardly and say, how well am I treating myself? You know, am I eating uh, healthy food on schedule? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I working doubles five days a week? Um, so in this industry, I mean, there's kind of a tendency over the years to sort of um, 
you know, reward that kind of behavior. It's like, oh, I cut myself in the kitchen. I just put duct tape on it. I didn't right. go to the doctor. I put some ground pepper in it and put duct tape on it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm That's a real through. thing. Yeah. You put ground yeah. pepper in it because it I, absorbs I the blood. Oh, my God. Yeah, I super glued my thumb back together at one point because oh, yeah. I have well to done work. That. You, know? you got to keep going. Yeah. And then, like, so that mentality is kind of like, it's almost like you're shamed if you've hurt yourself or you need a sick day, you need a personal day, you need a mental health day, right? So we end up working, 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 and then what happens is eventually people snap, right? And how is hospitality going to fare when someone's worked 14 shifts straight, not gone to the doctor to take care of, of the illness they're having, you know, drinking too much, uh, not eating enough, not getting enough sleep. Um, so it's really important to have that mentality of, of, you know, I hate to use the term wellness just because it's like a blanket term that can mean like a million different things, but I don't know a better term. Uh, but, you know, maybe awareness. Vibes. Vibes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. To maybe put this into uh, perspective for everyone at home, I'm 34. I left Australia in 2009. The last time I went to a doctor was last year when I went back to Australia. So that was eight years. Yeah. I just didn't go to a doctor because I, I didn't have the means. Like, I, I couldn't afford it, basically. Yeah. When right, I got I mean, sick, I just yeah. stayed home and... Cane and lemon well, that's the thing. Sometimes you don't better. even you can't even stay home. Well, no, like you got to go to work. If you go to work, and you, you like, especially in New York, if you can't find cover for yourself, you got to turn up. Yeah, it like was. If, and then if you're sick, then your boss is going to be like, "All right, you're actually sick. You should probably go home. Mm-hmm. You, look, you look like terrible." I mean, I'm an owner. I don't have exactly, insurance. Yeah. yeah, but then like I got hit by a car last year. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, in New York, the onus is on the driver of the car. And so but all he the drove you to the hospital. So. He literally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were riding home, on. He drove me home. I went home it on the hood of the car, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, like it, that could have been catastrophic for anyone else. If that had happened to anybody else, and that guy had maybe run, even if it had happened to me, and he ran, I couldn't work for well, six you, you months. Broke, you broke your humerus, or I broke the ball of my humerus. Yeah. Not as funny as it sounds. Thank you. <laughs> um, my straight but yeah, man even like go back to what you're saying, pineapple. Like if you. You can't get coverage. You show up to work, and you're actually sick as a dog. Then you get sent home. That's half of your day that you could have used resting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And or you didn't. Soup. So, or, yeah. And if you're sick and your mind's not on your game, like you were saying before, like when you're on the subway and you're in the way to work, you're mentally preparing yourself for the shift. If you're mentally preparing yourself and you've got a fever, you could get there and one thing could go wrong. It could ruin your whole day. And then you're just inside you're yourself just, and you can't exactly. come out of it, you know? And, it, and then that's not fair to your customer. They're paying, or your, basically. your physical motor skills aren't right. great anymore. You cut yourself yeah. with a peeler, whatever, whatever, some dumb shit. Yeah, it's a tangled fucking mess and we're, we're dealing with it kind of daily. And I, I'm glad to hear that there are people out there and businesses out there that are taking charge and, yeah, absolutely. and well making done. it a priority. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's right at that time. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. Uh, and when we come back, we'll keep talking about healthcare and hospitality. And we're also going to crack open this beautiful bottle of Colonel E.H. Taylor, small batch, bottled in bond bourbon that you brought for us. Mm, All right, we'll be, we'll be right back. <laughs> Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. And 
that's that bottle of E.H. Taylor I promised. We were talking before the break about the health and wellness in the industry. And um, what's funny about this is like, you brought a bottle of whiskey, um, but <laughs> hey, back in the day, it would be prescribed medicine. That's yeah, correct. it was it was considered medicine, and you would get prescribed whiskey for things like colds and toothaches and things like that. So you did a great great service to us, my friend. This is like actual bartender insurance. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, so we were talking before the break about um, healthcare and the, well, more like the lack thereof. Yeah, um, yeah. and. I don't know, man. There's, we've all been there, like working in the industry. There's always like, I, it's, you know, like we get cut by a peeler or a broken glass. Or, you Anything. Know, I, I can't even like. We work in a, a fast-paced. Oh yeah, man. Add fire. Add yeah. fire to it. You add know? fire and knives. Yeah. Yeah. And, and someone yelling at you constantly to go faster. Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. Is that that goes to the mental well-being. You know? Whether it's your head chef or your customers, or it's Friday night and you're four deep, and you're like, I, I, I physically can't go fast enough to serve these people as fast as they want to, and they're getting angry at me, and that's my fault. It's not your fault, but you feel like it is. That's yeah, it's a, it's a proven uh, uh, thing that we, we always use the word multitask, but we cannot, we cannot multitask. Our brains are literally just switching from one job to another really quickly. Oh, but yeah, because really? yeah, I didn't know multitasking that. is not a real thing. That's a thing huh. we, we created. So, um, and I read further about it, about being in specifically our business. What about if you're stirring and shaking at the same time? Yeah, you're switching back and forth. Really? Like crazy. Okay. Right? Yeah. That's messed up. Yeah. So your brain is like constantly clicking clicking switches, yeah? Yeah. But so then imagine in the service industry when you're in the kitchen or when you're in the back back of the house or behind the bar and you've got, you know, literally a list of things that's never ending. You, you, You tick things off, but things are being added as you're ticking them off. So you're clicking that switch all the time. Right, and it's mentally fatiguing. This also damages your immune system. So we're like, kind of like, constantly in a state of Breaking panic for the body. Down. Yeah, it's, it's it's incredible. So yeah, the, the the issue is huge. And so you've been doing that with garage now for yeah. some years. Did that start right years. at the beginning? No, not not right at the beginning. Probably about the halfway mark. So yeah, so we've two been and a half years ish. Yeah. But you've gone beyond that, right? What are you doing beyond garage? What are you doing outside the garage? Well, <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I've sort of embraced the, the implications of, of what it would mean if, if we could get people more used to the idea of healthcare in, in, in their business models. And I, I recognize that that's not an easy thing and it's a, it's a big expense. Um, but the way I look at it is like, you know, how much money do we spend a year on equipment repair, right? If you look at your P&L report and you say... Mm-hmm. Oh my God! We spent like fifteen thousand dollars last year repairing just, our cold just draft. Just your ice, yeah. 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 It's always right. ice Specifically, machine. the cold draft, that motherfucker. And and that's like a normal thing, and no one no one blinks an eye about that. But that, then you say to yourself, like, how much have we spent on our human repair, our human maintenance? You know, because our people are the most important thing there, right? So, how do we give them the resources to, you know, to excel and, and to take care of themselves? Which is it's funny that that's like an unusual thing in this industry, like philosophically, to even think that way. And I, I think obviously the tide is changing on that like pretty quickly. Um, but I just wanted to sort of be a resource to people where, because the thing is like it's, healthcare is complicated. You know, for at the top level with an owner and investor, it's an expense that they're not necessarily prepared to add to what they're doing, right? Um, so there's a little bit of, you know, resistance there. But then once you add healthcare, then you have to have managers who can administer healthcare, and that itself is very complicated. So I know when I first started doing it, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, so it's resistance there, because if you're a manager and you already got a million things on your plate, and then someone says, oh, now you have to be in charge of the healthcare stuff. And 
and do oh, all this. It's, it's, like, it's like a full-time, almost like a payroll situation yeah. where you've got to know the ins and outs. And Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because most bars and restaurants don't have a human resources person. Yeah, I'm, right? I'm it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I also literally mop the floors at the end of the night. Yeah. yeah. So then there's resistance there. And then once the manager's on board, you still have to convince the staff, one, why they need health care and why they should be paying money monthly out of their paycheck for health care. Some people have never had health care before. They don't know the difference between a PPO and HMO. They don't know how to find a doctor. Uh, they don't know what you do when you go to a doctor. They don't know the difference between a sick visit and a wellness visit. And so all these things are very opaque, and it's kind of like our jobs to kind of guide them through it and you know, give them the, the options and say, if you decide to sign up for healthcare, this, these are the benefits. You know, you can get your teeth cleaned and go to the dentist six, every six months. You can get wellness visits and get ahead of illnesses rather than wait till you're sick, really sick, really sick, not get any better. Now you have to go to an emergency visit, you know. Uh, so preventive medicine is important. And honestly, like, I think the biggest boon of all of it and what has really made me, like, really embrace it is that you have access to mental health care, which without insurance, who can afford $250 a week to see a therapist? I mean in this industry yeah. you know um so by offering healthcare, i think it's one of the greatest things is you know taking care of our mental health and say i need to speak to someone i need to see a therapist or a psychologist and commit to that and do that once a week and find one that's in um my network so i can just pay a 30 dollar co- copay mm-hmm. um and keep up with it because with therapy you have to go every week or every two weeks it can't be like you just go yeah. once in a while and you pick up that extra shift during the week so you can Use the money you made from the shift to pay for the therapy session, right. but then also you're working an extra shift. Right. Right. Now, now, you're you're working. Further, now you might need to go twice a week. You're further <laughs> fatigued, yeah, you got more issues. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's it's a cycle, you know. Just getting ahead of it. Yeah. And how are you? So you are you out there sort of trying to promote this to other businesses and say, how can I help you get on board? How are you going about this? I mean, this is all kind of a, a developing thing. Um, I'm doing some talks about it. Like, um, I'm doing the San Antonio Cocktail Conference in January. I'll be there. Um, I'm doing a USBG event in, in November in Austin um, and just some other things. Uh, I've actually been talking a lot with Rebecca Kate from Sawyer's Cove because mm-hmm. healthcare is really important to her and wellness yep, is important to her. She's awesome. She's great. And she all, almost all of her bars uh, provide healthcare for their staff, and they have 100% staff on healthcare, which is so good. Um, so she's been kind of a mentor to me. Uh, we've been going back and forth. She's been helping me some stuff. Um, I've worked on sort of like a FAQ packet that you could include in like your employee manual about mental health. And it's like, it's assuming like, because with mental health, it's tricky. You can't, as a manager, get involved with that. You can't, you know, tell someone they need to do it. You can't ask questions about it. You have to sort of keep a distance. But in order to help, which I think is wrong. You know, I think I think we've overstigmatized it by, by creating these things that are supposedly there to protect your privacy and things like that, yeah. and, which I understand. But I feel like we've created, we sort of built a wall. Yeah. yeah, but then also, Souther, if your manager has the ability to fire you and there's something wrong with you as an employee, then they shouldn't be able to get involved. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I understand your side, but it's a double-edged. Yeah, it's, it's well, a necessary thing that's stigmatized the yeah, issue. It sucks, but... So I'm trying to circumvent that by creating a manual that's just like assuming you know nothing about therapy. Maybe all you know is that you think you might need it. Um, so it's an FAQ that walks you through like all the various questions of like how to sort of acclimate you to the idea. And then if you want to do it, like people like, how do you do it? When I started going to therapy about two years ago, like prior to that, my, my life was a complete disaster. <laughs> you know, um, my mental health is a complete disaster. And um, But did, did you know that it was a complete disaster or you just thought that that was normal? No, well, see, there's the thing. That's y- the question. I, uh, Good you know, question, pineapple. <laughs> ding, ding. You should um, be in the media more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes and no. You know, we, we're, we're really good at sort of uh, talking ourselves around these things, right? So 
But when I eventually was like, yeah, I think I need to figure this out. I think I need to speak to somebody. And you know what? It was a hard process. Like just because you decide one day, like I want to see a therapist, it is not easy. I mean, I had to like figure out the resources. I went on psychologytoday.com. You enter in like your zip code, uh, what kind of therapy you're seeking, what your issues are, and all these things. So it populates a list of like from thousands to like 20. And then you can figure out like in my network, all that stuff. And then still you got to go through the 20 people and talk to them on the phone for 15 minutes. And in that conversation, you're trying to figure out like, are they a good fit? And when they're not, it's, ob- it's usually pretty obvious. And when they are, it's pretty obvious, but it takes work to do that. And this whole time in your head, you're going like, I feel like I'm on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Yeah, I just, I just want to be helped. So I, want I just want to help. be helped. Like, why won't anyone help me? Get it. Yeah. Funny enough, um, ironically, my, my sister... Right, so, uh, another thing that you should probably consider in your life is doing this before you think you even need it. Sure. Not go, wait go, until the emergency Go point. through all those steps you just mentioned Yeah. prior to thinking you need it. And Because it's a crisis mode, right? Yeah. Um, my and, then, sis- and then you're trapped in that place where you just mentioned, which sounds helpless. I, yeah. need, I need help, and no one can help me because I have to tell them how to help me first. Right. And it feels like a wall. And I don't know how to tell them. Exactly. I don't, I don't have the language for this. Um, my sister-in-law is a psychologist. She's a doctor. Um, obviously, she's my sister-in-law, so I can't see her because that's, you know, that's not how it works. But the funny thing was when I was trying to find a therapist, like every third therapist would be like, I, I'm not taking any new patients, but there's this great doctor you should talk to. They said, yeah, it was my sister-in-law. <laughs> Every time, the last time that happened, I just threw my phone across the room. <laughs> right. But I did find someone who was great. I looked at her website, and just there was like a quote on there that just like really said, I can't remember exactly now, but it was something like, you know, even in darkness, there's value or something like, something like that. And I was like, wow, that's like where my head is at right now. So I started seeing her, I talked to her on the phone, had a great conversation. Um, she called me like in the middle of a shift and was like slammed and I'm like I gotta take this call I keep missing it and, and we hit off really well and I've been going every week now every two weeks started out every week uh, for over two years and in that time it went from again I was in crisis mode to now like she's more of like a life coach where like we go there and you know um, there's not as many sessions where I'm crying or angry <laughs> yeah and, and I, I I've, I've not had therapy since I was a kid but I would, Im- I would imagine that she's giving you skills so that you almost don't need her yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, that's a great thing about therapy is the skills. They're, they're trying to work themselves out of a job. Yeah, I mean, basically, because right. the, the skills you learn in therapy, they stay with you. You know, if you stop, if I stop going tomorrow, I've still already learned so much and built up such a catalog of, 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 these, of these ways of coping that... Well, even like you said earlier, you, you, you learned the language. Yeah, the language. Right, that's a big step. Giving names to issues is really important because we don't know what these things are, right? Like you said, like anxiety and depression... But took, took me years to, to nail down those two. Right. I mean, how do you even, even know if you don't know what to compare it to? Right. right. Sure. And, and they help yeah. you with that. I'm always, I've been plagued by really bad anxiety my entire life. And a lot of it was social anxiety. And it, and it was funny that I work in a bar. Yeah. But like. It's a coping mechanism. It is. It, it's it's exercise for me. Mm-hmm. It, but, and then, you know, playing music. But there's always a separation involved like you've got the bar that separates yeah, that, you that, from that people three feet you've got a stage it's, that separates yeah. you you know yeah and it's really that it helps it helps you work on that right but i don't know man it, it's so you see yourself as not in the social situation but sort of yeah you're there but, but you're, 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 so you're social like, adjacent yeah even but, even if you're behind the bar and you tell someone to go fuck themselves they can't do anything they can yell at you but they can't physically touch you like they, there's too far well like, there's I, that barrier you know? you know the thing about that is actually <clears> i had a the last time I had like a full fucking breakdown was about maybe a little over a year ago and it was like Friday night and I 
there's like no one of the things that with the design of my bar was that I didn't want to have like a door policy. I wanted it to be an open door, you know, just come on in. There's no gatekeeper, you know, and that's cool because it makes it more neighborhoody and kind of a little bit more playful and fun. I mean, definitely because it's mm-hmm. typically a fucking party in there, but it comes at a price. So one night, like typically, I'm the person who has to cut people off and kick them out as the owner and being the person behind the bar and. You're Whoever's hosting, <laughs> plus you're like, tall, you yeah. got a deep voice. Like you, you, you can you can throw some intimidation at somebody I, if you want to. Yeah, but then it comes at a fucking price, uh-huh. man. Because right. it's mm-hmm. just like after you get in a fight or you kick someone out, like you're you're shaking, you're like shaking. Yeah. shaking. Yeah. 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 So I, it happened four times that night. It happened to be the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony at Barclays Center nearby. So we're nearby, and it happened four times. Someone came back in and threatened my life, and I just like I had a, I'm I had to like. I'd physically remove like one party. It was just an awful night, and so after that, I was like, "My thing is when I go through like when I have panic attacks like that, I can't. I develop a stutter, and I can't. I can't talk for yeah. days. And so I had actually, because of the fact that this happened at work, I missed out on like two shifts of work because I couldn't actually be there. I couldn't speak. Right. It was just my brain was locked up yeah you know doing this radio show and talking about it and like that's also therapy for me to like be able to talk and like it helps me with my social anxiety too but, but here we are again social adjacent right with four of us in this little room right with a window looking out after with, the restaurant you know, yeah <laughs> totally with a couple people five five inches away really yeah exactly and then but, all the listeners yeah but the thing that, is like aren't the, here there are certain things and i think something that i'm taking away from this episode which is really important is that like managing the bar or restaurant or pretty much anything in life is like the most important part, like for your health and well-being and safety, right? If I'd had a door person that I'd, you know, put on payroll, right? then I never, for all the times that I've had to kick someone out of that bar or cut someone off, come out from behind the bar. So I'm neglecting all my customers because there's no bartender because I'm dealing with some drunk idiot who doesn't believe that they're wasted and mm-hmm. I'm telling them that they are and they're no longer welcome and they're arguing with me when I've said no a billion times then it's just bad for everyone it's bad for yeah. my customers it's bad for my coworkers it's bad for me too sure. you know yeah. so I think like putting people in the right ro- roles you know like having someone there who understands healthcare yeah like you put in the work to make sure so now you're the resource now yeah. you're the resource and you have the resource because like you said there's no hr department for bars and restaurants typically especially not yeah. sole proprietorships like us which yeah. are small yeah yeah i've got three now and they're loosely connected to one another if we could get those connections a little bit tighter then maybe we could make like okay now we're one company yeah, yeah. but even then i've still only got a total of 22 employees yeah with yeah. three bars you know what i mean so it's not have you ever considered like looking into a package for even just like at Mario Margo, or is it too small? Is we're only four small? employees, yeah, <laughs> including me. It's only three, yeah. So yeah, it's. Do you still not have health insurance? Me? No, even I after don't. that bike ride, I don't. I don't. It's literally if we looked at my phone right now and my notes, it's it's on my checklist. Yeah, same here. Um, it's uh, it's I, I, had, I, I don't. I have no way of getting. It's my goal to get yeah. it by the end of the year. What do you mean no way? Because of your citizenship status? Uh, nothing to do with my visa. Just with the way they fly bartends, I can't afford it. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to save 
you know, there's a magic number in my head of $238, which is over five years, that'll get me a hundred grand, which will either buy me a bar or buy me a pony. Oh, I, I like, will get me a mortgage a to buy a bar. Did you say pony? Yeah. <laughs> no. I thought you said pony. We'd get I a mortgage you... to buy a bar or an apartment. Oh, apartment. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was going to said pony as well. So then, flat. You know, a bar or a pony. I've, I've got that mm-hmm. number in my head of Gold. 238 of a week that I need to save. Uh-huh. On top of my rent, on top of what I need to eat, on top of my social, you add healthcare on top of that. I don't know where my next paycheck is coming from. I don't have a job right now, you know? Right. So for me as a 34-year-old male that is a bartender that isn't corporate and won't go to hotels, getting health insurance is just, it's not, it doesn't even cross my mind. Sure. Way way outside the list of priorities. And that's interesting you say that because it it is a list of priorities, right? And I think what happens is we get used to living and working without it for so long, it doesn't seem like a priority, right? But I'm 44 years old. I've been in this industry for a God, almost like 30 years. Yeah. I started busting tables at a restaurant at 15. So, um, so like you get so used to that not being in your repertoire, one of your resources, that we just live that way. And, and it's like we just think of other things being more important to pay for than the healthcare and our health, right? But the problem with that is eventually it does catch up with you. And like I can tell you right now, at 44 years old, like I have a lot of pain in my body yeah. from from this lifestyle. I mean, my shoulders, and my back are just like shot. Um, and part of that is because, also because, like, we didn't think we were going to be doing this in our forties. No, you know, or you at least thought it was going to be better, a little different. different. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I, I did not know bartending would be this hard. When when yeah. my, when I sat when my uncle sat me down, he's like, "You want to travel? You want to learn how to cook, or you want to learn how to make drinks? Because people have to eat and they love to drink or they love to party. You'll get work anywhere you want to go." Yeah, I was like, "Cool, that'll yeah. be great for when I finish high school." And yeah. I'm 34 and I'm still doing it. Well, like. I, I think that bars are just also just busier these days, you know, yeah. and so that that puts a lot more strain on us. Like my bar is the busiest a lot bar. Of reasons ever to drink right now. Yeah, totally, exactly, and that's <laughs> that's the truth in our country for yeah. sure. So I mean, for me, like physically, it's like you know, my my spine is twisted. I have known that for years now because just that comp- that that completely that, that ice, just like right? that lunging into the ice well with cold draft. I mean, it's like yeah. That is like not a natural sh- movement. It's like putting a <laughs> shovel know? into a bunch of gravel yeah. Um, yeah. that's near your knees, and then you've got to scoop it up sometimes near your head. Yeah, exactly. Seventeen hundred. I'm curious if 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 it were if it were if it weren't for the poor state of healthcare availability in our business, if that would be the the line that would stop. And this is an abstract thought that I'm having right now. If that would be the thing that would stop people from saying things like. It's not even on my list. When, when do you get a real job? When, what's, mm-hmm. what's, your, yeah. what's your real job? Oh. I, I think if, yeah. if, if healthcare was as common in our business as it is as being an accountant, right. then I think that would legitimize our positions a little bit more. Yeah. yeah so, that's, and two, two, two and a half years in of offering this to your staff, mm-hmm. big question. What have you noticed? Is there, is there a difference oh, absolutely. in your staff? And I mean, just philosophically, there's a difference. I mean, the staff, I have a wonderful staff. I love them all. And they're just so committed to their jobs. They're all like willing to go above and beyond, and they, they believe in, in what we're doing. Um, they want to grow with us. They're not thinking about like the next spot. Um, they all are career bartenders. So your, your retention is better? Retention is, is a lot better. I mean, yeah. we were going through a lot of uh, turnover for a while there. Um, and now like, we found a team, and like we have great retention. Um, and that alone saves a lot of money Yeah. Um, because hiring, training is expensive. I mean, oh yeah, man. Spending five hours a week interviewing and and paying for you know. Oh, and then them not turning up to interview or mm-hmm. yeah, it's a huge time killer, you know. Yeah, and then like if I could take that one step further, have you noticed 
are you making? Are you, is it more profitable now that you've offered health insurance to yes, your staff? Yes, I can say that 100%. We are our sales are up significantly Fuck. since we started offering healthcare. That's it amazing. is it is it is following through because the staff is healthy and happy and, and they're given fantastic hospitality. We're busier now than we were our first year. Our first year was very busy. So that's amazing. Man. Well, there we go. Congratulations. Right. I mean, there's tons of uh, uh, you know corporations out there that are crunching numbers all the time. You see it all the time, even in 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 non-biased or non-partisan uh, uh, reports of things like, uh, you know, the, it comes out every year around this time, frankly, when it'll be like, well, you know, flu season causes X amount of absenteeism and X amount of mm-hmm. production loss and X amount of dollars lost. So you got you to gotta assume that the opposite is true. Yeah. If you can get people healthy and have them come to work every day, then pro- product- productivity and, pro- and profits go up. Yeah. And, and even on a small scale like a bar, how many employees do you say you have? Uh, under 15. Under 15. So it's a small crew. And the other thing, too, even, and another thing I want to, talk about briefly is just that I recognize that healthcare is not, just not viable for everybody. I think that everyone should consider it. Like if you're thinking about getting a climb bell system and paying someone 40 hours a week to cut ice for you, if you're considering that, maybe you should consider healthcare as, as an expense because obviously, so you know what I'm saying? Same amount of money, um, right? But yeah. that's not for everybody and I get that. But at least I think we need to come around to having policies like wellness policies built into our mission statements and our, our, our core values because like for me, I try to never let an employee work more than 40 hours a week. It's not always possible, but in general, like, I don't want them to work more than 40 hours a week. If someone has a second job, it's just kind of like, you know, can't really do that because what, I, what I've seen over the years, people's overwork and overwork and overwork, and they come into a Saturday night shift, having worked every day that week at their other job and the current job, and they just melt down, and then they get sick. Like, their, their immunity's down, and then they get sick, and then they miss the following week, and then they lose a lot of money. You know, so just having policies of like how you guide your employees and what they're allowed to do and not do. Uh, we don't drink uh, during the shift, so you know their their shift drinks don't happen until the doors are closed and all the guests are gone. Um, that wasn't always that way, but like I also noticed too, it's like when you can drink. You know, we're all adults. Like I trust you, use discretion. Like that worked for a little bit, but as you're coping with frustration and busy, being busy and anxiety with alcohol throughout a shift next thing you know it's like oh it's, god they're drunk you know? it's, right it's easy to grab a shot when yeah. you're too deep and, and that's like be- that's gonna yeah. get me through when right. you know you should use some other kind of tool to right. get through that so building mise en place personal mise en place where like if one of your tools is alcohol for coping remove that and replace it with something healthier and more positive you know get away for five minutes go into the storage closet do a five minute meditation do five minute breathing do a little bit of stretching a little bit of yoga chant whatever for every person, it's different what gets them to that place, that reset button. But if you choose that as a coping mechanism, then that's in your mise en place. And you build that, and then you have like 10 things in your mise en place that can, that can help you cope and sort of get through those hard moments. Like, that's where you're not only not doing something bad to your body, but you're actually excelling even heavier. There, yeah, you're doing something good. Yeah. There was a bar that, uh, and I think this doesn't, this is kind of like the opposite of that, but it's the same kind of idea. It's just kind of like more on the, uh, aggressive side there was a bar that i used to work at in the basement there was an everlast punching bag hanging from the <laughs> ceiling yeah and you know what it it worked <laughs> yeah sure go blow off some steam yeah yeah both physically and emotionally yeah right get after it yeah the only thing is like you know if you didn't wear gloves and <laughs> if you like you didn't scuff your knuckles up pretty good yeah, yeah you can yeah. you can fuck yourself up and then then you're not able to work but i i hear what you're saying there are plenty of things to do mm-hmm to like get through that stuff and 
I just realized we haven't even had a sip of this whiskey yet. Oh, I, I think it's <laughs> oh, probably a really good time to do that. I've been yeah. sipping on this E.H. Taylor whiskey. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks for bringing it. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers, y'all. Plastic cup cheers. To your you health. Really, you can't really hear on the air. <laughs> cheers, team. Well, man, it's been really great having you on, um, both of you. Uh, thanks for sitting in with us today, uh, um, Pineapple. Yeah, no um, so, uh, Paul, you got some uh, social media you want to plug? How can people get in touch with you to talk about this stuff? Yeah, yeah and you, you mentioned think, you mentioned a couple of places you're going to be speaking, but but mm-hmm. uh, how can people follow that and maybe maybe see see you talk? Yeah, and especially like like we're, like you're saying before, like you're you're setting up all these things, which you're doing a great service to our community, you know. So I'm sure that there are a bunch of listeners who are going to want to be able to get in contact with you, yeah, you know, directly. No, I'd love to hear from people and be a resource. Um, so I don't have like a web page myself right now. There is a garage uh, website, garagetx.com. Uh, I am on Instagram, PF underscore Finn. You can find me there. And then I have a Facebook page, Paul Finn, Austin, Garage Bar. You can search me. And I'm, I'm going to, for now, I'm be doing a lot of my updates through my Facebook page or Instagram. And, you know, I try to show some of our staff meetings and the, the different things we do for, for you know, wellness. Um, so through those different formats, people can contact me, and I'm happy to share information. Um, I can share that uh, intro to therapy document if anyone wants it, and um, even help with like health healthcare stuff and how to, how to wrap your head around that. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear from everybody. Heck awesome. yeah, man. That's great. Um, all right. Well, we should wrap up this episode of the Speakeasy. Uh, coming up uh, soon, we got Johnny Schuler of uh, Caravedo. I don't probably mispronouncing it. Caravedo. Do you know this Caravedo. What's that? Caravedo. Yeah, Caravedo. That's what I said. That's not what you said. Uh, <laughs> play the tape back. Uh, Caravedo Pisco. Uh, he's going to talk to us Caravedo. all about Pisco making. Um, then I'm going to be gone for a bit, and you are as well, but we've got some stuff in the can that I think yeah. we can air. Um, and then it's Halloween. I don't know if we're going to do a show on Halloween or not. Uh, then Jillian Vose is going to come sit with us and talk about their the new Dead Rabbit book, which is, looks amazing. It's kind of like a cocktail uh, book meets graphic novel. Uh, and then we're halfway into November. Jeff Bell's going to come see us and talk about his. He's involved in Bertu. a new in a new brandy. Yeah, Bertu. Have you tried it? Uh, I have a bottle sitting at my bar. I haven't tried it yet. I, I haven't even seen it. I want to though. Yeah, I mean, you know, Katie Stipe's working for them out. In, oh no uh, way! On the West Coast, adorable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything that guy touches turns to gold. <laughs> um, prettiest man I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do for Halloween? I don't know. I'm going I'm to be in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I'll be at the bar, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's a Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be at the bar. I'll be at the bar not giving away candy to kids because I'm that guy on the block. <laughs> nice. Cool. Hey, it's a bitter bar. It is a Get bitter used bar. used to it, kids. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks again for being on the show today, guys. Um, Very well. Thank you. Thanks for bringing us a bottle of whiskey. That's awesome. Because, uh, yeah, this is our medicine for now. So it is. It all, all the rest of it figured out, huh? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Check out Heritage Radio Network for many more programs like this one. Click on the beating heart to donate to the station and keep us going. Until next week, y'all. Cheers. Cheers. To your health. To your health. Rock and roll, Lord. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in the rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you sun in the air. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. 
Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.